Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Preacher, Season 2, Episode 1, On the Road. This premiered as a two-parter, but we're going to cover the second part next week. Directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, written by Sam Catlin. Premiered June 25th of 2017, and I gave this episode a 9.7 out of 10. The Search for God... Day one, Cassidy is going on about the conspiracy of what is being done with baby foreskins. This is not something I allow myself to think of. I thought they probably just, you know, went into the recyclables. But apparently he has another use for them. Said it was on Oprah. They put them in the face creams the girls use. Tula wants to know first how his friend, Jesse's friend, Mike, is going to help find God. And if he is a religious bounty hunter. No, he's a religious scholar. Just reads a lot. She's able to balance how boring that sounds with Cassidy's idea that her face lotion has foreskin in it for collagen. As you would feel the little baby foreskins. What you feel is newer, softer healthier looking skin you just have to think about it i love the shot of tulip thinking about it jesse concludes she does have nice skin she turns on the radio and despite saying that she doesn't like this song Cass says that shite. <laughs> Come on, Eileen is a classic. It is a really great song. They are spotted by the police for speeding. Who does 97 in a 65? A lot of people. That's who. If you go on the Ohio interstate, you'll see it all the damn time. Just as Tulip is about to pull over and do her war vet story, Jesse goes her into giving chase despite being low on gas. Cass, I love him so much. I just lit this. (laughs) The chase is on. It definitely felt as if it was more Dukes of Hazzard. Like it was a montage, especially with the way they changed. um, Like it was very well filmed. But since we are down south, that feels appropriate. They run out of gas and flirt before being hauled from the car. Her and Jesse. Like, you're cute. You want to go out sometime? Those cops say, get out of the car. Cassidy continues to hit his weed, standing there with his umbrella. It's like, look, as he tosses the weed away. Like, I need this umbrella. But if I have to put it down, I need to reach for my sunscreen. He reaches, so they all pull a gun on him. (laughs) He says, I just need to get my sunscreen. Then that scream, when he gets tackled. (laughs) He's got the best screams. The black deputy was really considerate holding the umbrella out for him until he's called out about it. But then Cass starts to smoke and he's like, who's the fool now? Jess takes control of the situation using Genesis, having the cops holster their weapons and assemble while making the man in charge mace his balls. Something Tulip has a second glance about. Then after more shenanigans, flat out says she doesn't like Genesis doesn't like the idea 
of taking agency away from people she doesn't articulate it in that fashion like your mind invasion is what she calls it it's not okay you wouldn't like it it's not fair would you want us them to have a shootout yeah because that's fair stop humiliating these people and get cassidy and let's go i think that's very telling that she sees this thing that he has and she realizes immediately you shouldn't be able to do that like you should not have that power whatever happens in life at least it's happening under situations in which you will have control taking control from anyone to her is a violation and then when you see jesse continuing to rather flippantly use it especially when tulip is not in the vicinity you notice that um just really shows the difference between how both characters would have even thought about uh this type of power not thought about you know what i mean before they can leave though a sniper bullet at least that's what they think it is takes out the man getting their gas they run for cover and create smoke quickly for concealment Cass hiding in the cop car handcuffed is revealed to the sunlight by holes that are keep being blown into the vehicle so he is forced to climb underneath even in death the man is still singing yellow rose which was rather sad i did laugh that jesse did try to take his hand and comfort him <laughs> they can't find out what or yeah they don't know what kind of gun it is but it's non-stop and it's time to go once the voice is not an option this he's like don't you think i should use the voice now fine tulip ain't leaving her car and is forced to siphon gas with a human intestine while jesse finds Cass whose safe space is rolling away then about to be blown up from the joint he discarded until jesse shows up with the umbrella like you ready to go now yes please they all escape the cowboy's wrath that i am now happy to say and call from now on the saint of fucking killers like why didn't they do that in the first season that was rather stupid <laughs> in hindsight there's just no reason why that needed to be introduced in season two episode one you're shooting your load just a little bit too quickly yeah i think when fior and de blanc went into hell that would have been the appropriate time to say okay saint of killers that's who you've been watching for a whole season and not in the first episode of the second season tulip declares that she has to get the taste out i'm glad we did not have to watch her siphon off the gas but it was enough just to see the blood around her face <laughs> as the intestine trails on the ground she and Cass head into the store while jesse looks spooked and tells the employee outside to pretend that they were never here using genesis Cass is chugging a 40 ounce while tulip searches for something to wash the taste away with he's got the remedy since this is his area of expertise hot sauce and yoohoo he enjoys a cat for lunch once he realizes he's been injured i will never not laugh at the angry dying sound of a cat. 
they don't know what jesse did to the attendant to make him ghost their existence so they're of course wondering like why didn't he say anything to us we tried to pay for our shit Cass wonders as jesse unlocks his cuff what precipitated these events that have occurred he thinks because jesse has a superpower that might be it but tulip thinks it's texas that shit crazy happens all the time here no that is florida that is certainly florida jesse is onward with the mission despite that sizzling bullet as he declares he will deal with that guy if they see him again the saint of killers sometime later did i say saint of killers saint of killer sometime later meets the attendant and asks one question preacher since he's been genocized he can't answer and for that the santa killer rips his tongue out god damn we see that this is a trend in jesse's way i did laugh at uh mike's sign do not trespass against us they all make it to mike's despite the unlucky start jesse asks them to wait in the car while he makes introductions beforehand tulip mocks this being the place of a religious scholar cassidy responds maybe he's between schools and declares all and she declares all she wants is to shower because she keeps finding god only knows in her hair Cass takes a moment to be absolutely infatuated she caught i've been saying i love a lot but when she caught him in the mirror calf-eyed and said what and the music stopped he's like nothing but i do feel bad that we are keeping our tyrus tris from jesse but she tells him he got a fun good side and yeah he might be a good person but see how your mate treats you when you tell him that you and i slept together because you don't know him like i do he got a bad side Cassie says we all have sides especially him she's like shush I hear something rattling and they go investigate a girl named Ashley is locked in a cage begging to use the phone just then Mike shows up like don't worry about that her screams will not bother us in the house and then Jesse says look it's none of our business so they gotta cover her back on up inside mike shows them the mess and the dog that no longer bites but tula wants to know what the heck is happening with the girl who is threatened with calling her parents if she doesn't stop hollering apparently this method is used to help all types of crazy urges including social media addiction tula finds it a little psychotic while Cass co-signs thinking the seller using the seller wall that would have been more proficient this is how he ministers and he tells them does anyone else want to question how i minister at the table while tulip is going through a photo album mike admits he's been praying because jesse told him god's missing apparently mike's been praying to him the last few weeks and got no answer so this explains it 
he says while he was studying in mesopotamia he heard of a map that supposedly traced god's footsteps if he were ever on earth but that's all he knows despite his books and knowledge disappointment is for whiskey he says as ashley yells she wants a to post a pic on instagram then request to have her water bowl filled and he was like nobody wants to see a girl in a cage cassie's like you'd be surprised <laughs> he asked philip and cassidy when they didn't know what mesopotamia was that they were high like y'all can't be this stupid they're like Ooh. um cassidy really thought it was a made-up place like what is that mike married jesse's parents because that's the album she's looking at christina langel they wonder where the mom's side of the family was now comic book fans know why they weren't invited to the wedding nice easter egg with the chest in the fish tank more on that in some seasons later but the only family that his dad had was mike mike says he's gonna take the couch and they can have the bedroom <laughs> she's like is there not a guest room no so all three of them are in mike's bed together Cass is like look i understand this is y'all first night to reconcile y'all are intending to have sex but in ireland parents screw in the same room as the kids so if y'all want to do it i can sleep through it (laughs) she put that on a t-shirt and that's very true though like back in the day parents fucked in the same room as their kids there was no (laughs) distinction (laughs) you heard it all Ew, he had to go into the smells though jesse is still haunted by the santa killers chasing him because he knows what path he is leading his less astute girlfriend and more astute friend down mike joins him outside as he's having a smoke jesse thinks if god is missing he has a reason and demands to hear it that's some arrogance if you ask me he thinks he can also somehow help well jesse i guess can possibly with genesis but i was kind of thinking if you you know going with this concept in the show that you believe god is a real person and he's out there in the what what kind of shit do you think like if you were an ant right because that's how we would be to anything that is cosmically out there we'd be ants (laughs) so what kind of understanding first and foremost or um help do you think you really can provide to the situation i don't know jesse just always confounds me with his i guess just like tammy said like the arrogance (laughs) like you think you should question a god even if you think yes i have the right to question a god what makes you think that god if you're if it's all that you know you're you're acting that way because you have power and that's the thing i think that's a connection to people with power they start to turn into these megalomaniacs and you're just like wow this is how it starts this is how it happens because in the end even in the context of the show there is no almighty god and if it is almighty um then what the fuck you supposed to do (laughs) 
your fist. Oh, that's why I like Tammy's conversation later. You will shit your pants. Literally shit your pants. Uh, people are terrified and have created the mess in which we see. But in canon, I guess Jesse's saying God is responsible for all of this mess. And if he basically just abandoned them, then he has to be held to account for that. I suppose. I don't know. It feels like a good way. And I get, that's the thing. Knowing more, I know why Jesse would feel that way. Knowing his story, all of his story. But it is a singular event. (laughs) So it's kind of hard sometimes to just be about Jesse's POV. He shows Mike his power and reveals how he believes his power is a future calling prophesized by his father right before he died and see this is the thing recent trauma has pushed jesse back into regress trauma surrounding his father's death and who killed him thus he himself has a complex that he has not reconciled and never reconciled it's almost as if he's been living a life that isn't or hasn't due to its happiness maybe you know with tulip that he really hasn't uh touched on these things and yet recent events have caused him to start spiraling down back into what was and now he's just he's finding a reason a justification but he does think he's touched by an angel and that's not the first person to reinforce that idea on him once again i fully comprehend the character of jesse custer doesn't mean I have to like him, nor do I. Mike gives him a lead as one of his parishioners that works at a strip club. Swore God came in last week, so they are going to be off to see Tammy in Kimball County. Jesse can't believe it's going to be this easy, but Mike knows it ain't. He just looks at him like, you have no idea what shit storm is coming down the pipe. And you walking around talking about how you special. Just as he waves them off sometime later, the dogs start to barking and it's the first sign. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend, the end. Mike was great. He grabbed a knife, poured two glasses of whiskey, and sat in his recliner to greet the man say yeah i know who you are you broke my door you broke my dog what the fuck else you want preacher where is he after a few great zingers midnight train georgia he decides that he is going to sacrifice himself and stabs himself in the heart because although you can make me give you the answers that you want i can prevent you from making me Jesse and crew head to Shishi's to find Tammy. Cass is like, maybe this is a cover. Or maybe it's a regular strip club. I'm going to go look around. Who plays jazz at a strip club? They speak with Tammy, who immediately tells them, look, I told the archdiocese last time he could have no more parties here. But no, they are here about God, which he initially denies seeing until she's caught shaking nervously plus she owes mike in his cage he came in a few months ago she explains requesting a song and otherwise was a regular customer 
Jesse's bug eyes asks, what does God look like and why was he here? Bitch, do I look like an oracle? She asks what he wants with him anyway. He says, ask some questions. She tells them God won't answer any questions. He'll look through you like glass and make you shit your pants. She won't answer any more questions. So Jesse says, I want to use Genesis on her. I like the way they were having this conversation and she didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. But Tulip says she's being a dick and her hair is stupid, but he's being lazy. If he wants answers, beat it out of her. I'm not going to beat up an old lady. She ain't that old. <laughs> Why are there tampons in this office just out? See, that's Seth Rogen type of humor. Maybe it's Goldberg as well. Actually, it probably is. And that's where me and them always have a falling out and we'll discuss it more uh, with their characterizations now with tulip in this show i think they did an outstanding job the writing for tulip um however i will say <laughs> some of the misogynistic or just rather you know no woman has their tampons out like that. i get it's a strip club but sometimes the the um uh there's another word it's not misogyny maybe it is but it's just things little things like that where it's kind of like you don't need to be crass right sometimes they portray women in a manner that isn't a hundred percent accurate or flattering while they make men incredibly apologetic characters or they write them as somehow sympathetic character just despite how um misogynistic or debasing or demeaning that they are it's always you know somehow uh like a likable flaw of the character and i think that they could have done that with cassidy they definitely like to to toe the line just a bit these first two seasons but i think after a point they just gave up because jesse is enough and Cassidy is just not like the character he is in the comics he's not they're not the same person similarity sure not the same person whatsoever so I'm glad that they did stay away from doing some of the more grotesque things in the comics and not bringing them out into the show not only because they're not okay presently but there is a better way to service the story with uh, by staying true to the comic and not necessarily being so overly i know i keep saying uh misogynistic but it, it, that's pretty much anti-feminist <laughs> and i'm not talking about colonial white feminism i'm talking about just really has some issues with women tyler perry does the same damn thing moving on she calls doug but he is occupied via the tv screen behind her with Cass, who broke the rule the number one rule don't touch the strippers cassidy and doug exchange words get into a tussle and then doug accidentally shoots tammy killing her by discharging his weapon the bullet goes through the wall so jesse uses genesis in her last moments to tell him what girl god came from because tulip says <laughs> we're according to tulip you come first for the girls you come back for a girl she's like he didn't come for any girl stupid he came for the jazz 
several times now there has been a mention via news and radio a town has blown up but the trio are still unaware that anvil is now off the map permanently at the hotel tulip and cassidy are in a never-ending argument about his actions which he calls the three-second rule like you're supposed to be able to touch in the three-second rule she said that's food cassidy and i was like wow y'all both are wrong Cass feels bad and promises not to let Jesse down again, even though they really wasn't his fault. <laughs> How is that his fault? Tulip changes into a sweater, then locks the door and has Jesse break it down with his fist because that's the type of thing that turns them on before they have some serious reconciliation sex in the next room that Cassidy <laughs> has to turn up the TV not to hear. But he gets distracted seeing the amazing Ganesh on the television that Jesse had turned away from. Wonder what that's all about. I I, I know, but you know. (laughs) Jesse goes outside to smoke and sees the state of killers coming. Except he uses Genesis to stop him and it doesn't work. Oh dear, we are in trouble. I will say I like seeing this because he did look entirely too cocky this entire episode. My philosophy is if you really believe that you're meant to do something in this world, you make it happen. You don't wait for something to happen, fall into your lap by accident and stumble your way through it with a self-satisfied grin as if this was always meant to be because you were special. With that, let's jump into the feedback. Hey Christina, it's me Shy. I'm here to give my feedback for uh, Preacher Season 2 premiere. Um, but before I do that, I wanted to revisit real quickly um, the Season 1 finale since I didn't send in feedback for that. I wanted to be able to touch on that real quick before I move forward with season two um yeah the the finale was it was it was decent it wasn't (laughs) um i'm trying to i think i got more out of the penultimate episode than the finale to be quite honest the finale was just a bit bizarre to me uh especially you know everyone being in the church and this whole thing with the god coming up in the telephone thing and uh not and it comes to find out it's not really god it's who an angel pretending to be god because god's missing it reminded me a little bit of i know you don't watch um the marvel movies but um one of the iron man movies when they had the uh supposedly had the mandarin um and then it come to find out is not the mandarin it's some actor portraying the mandarin so this had that type of a feel like this god but this this guy is acting like god but he's not really god because god in this case god is missing and it's like okay (laughs) so how is god missing i don't understand (laughs) it's not making no sense 
but uh, <laughs> um but yeah it was um yeah very interesting um that whole thing but yeah back to i mean i listened to your podcast um before watching and so i you know the podcast for the penultimate before watching the finale and um i agree i mean i agree with what you were saying i understand what you're saying especially about the sheriff um in regards to i mean i I knew that it was a mercy killing i knew that i mean i I know he's not this cold-blooded murderer that's not what i was getting at my thing is you know you're the officer of the law and i mean i know you see this person suffering and what you said makes a lot of sense as to where his mind was but i still feel like you at some point like i think the whole eugene going missing that that he just i mean i don't want to know i don't want to use the words i mean it's a better word to use than snap but he just it just he changed this is a straw that broke the camel's back that situation you know you got his wife and then this i mean i get all of that but i still i still think that his moral compass was compromised and that he was okay like this was some he just went he crossed the line that i'm sure at another point in time or another situation if eugene hadn't been missing would he have done that who knows um so i just think his experiences just led him to that point to where that happened and then of course then we saw the scene with cassidy with him just you know of course he knew he was a vampire but still um like this is how we interrogate in texas you know when my son's missing you know anything goes so he just got to that point um that he didn't give a foo-foo so um and that was shown in this episode so that uh, that was more along the lines of where i was going where the lines became blurry um between right and wrong and and all that and then we got queen cannon who just seemed to he snapped in this episode <laughs> he's holding a a a body of meat wrapped in clothes at the end of this so he definitely just yeah i mean he went from denouncing the lord to you know finally for a minute believing and then back to hey denounce and um yes and then the whole town blowing up that was uh definitely a surprise i was wondering where they were going with that um when they showed the old guy down with this gunk that he was looking at and so of course he ends up uh uh, having some guests in his little dungeon area and dying of a heart attack while having sex and the old girl was like uh let's press some buttons maybe this will work like or maybe you shouldn't um so that was interesting but yeah it was um it was an interesting finale um i think i enjoyed the penultimate better than the finale to be quite honest um because it seemed like even though i was confused as to what was happening um and i expressed that confusion of course your podcast helped with that um i still was it was still more engaging to me than the finale the finale was okay um but yeah it was just yeah anyway so of course we get the whole town 
exploding and then we have jesse cassidy and tulip who just so happens not to be in the town when this all happens um right out and so and of course it's funny how throughout this episode they're not aware of what happened to the town because <laughs> just as the news comes on they're leaving the diner and then they're like they're just missing out on hearing the news about what happened to their hometown so well at least tulip and jesse's hometown so i'm curious as to when they're gonna learn what happened um as for the um premiere um i will say i've said this before the only thing that really i'm not a fan of um is just gore i'm not blood and gore and all i just i'm not that i don't get into that i don't like seeing it and this one just like the season one premiere um had that i mean they kind of you know tailed off a bit you know as the season progressed in season one and this one went back to all of that nasty stuff but um outside of that which i didn't enjoy personal personal preference type stuff um nothing you know not you know putting it on the show just not my cup of tea um yeah i like i like this road trip aspect of of the show i like you know um the fact that they're you know we're getting to see them get out and see what happens um the reason why they're doing it is kind of weird trying to find god i don't know how you go about doing that but just the fact that we're gonna get to see them this the three of them this dynamic now and hopefully jesse will maybe grow on me this season um because yeah season one was rough i I wasn't a fan so maybe we'll see um of course him and tulip are together so that's that um what else yeah the um you said this guy is a cowboy um so that's his name they gave him another name uh saint killers of saints killer of saints that was like the big letters that they they put on the tv when mike killed himself poor mike r.i.p i I liked him i thought it was funny (laughs) like his way of um saving people was very (laughs) outside the box let's just say that or inside the cage i don't know (laughs) it's like okay that's uh mm -hmm, that's that's so we definitely uh in my line of work i we definitely have a lot of teenagers you know families that are having issues with teenagers when it comes to their phones and social media so yeah <laughs> let me stop obviously that's illegal can't do that as tempting as it is um but yes that was uh very interesting but we have the cowboy chasing them down that whole gory scene oh I, I mean, I'm sorry I missed a lot of it because I don't want to see it <laughs> with the cops and stuff like that. Um, so I uh, can't say too much of what happened in that scene other than the cowboy, um, you know, found them. And so my only question is, I mean, I know he's a supernatural being, but I'm like, you he's walking while they're driving. yet He knows where they're at. So is he does he sense 
Jesse. He, like, how is he knowing exactly where to go? Because, so that's why I'm like, there must be, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's a, like I said, supernatural being from hell. So, um, just find it interesting that he's just trucking along on his two feet while they're speeding along in a car, yet they keep, he keeps catching up to them. Um, so, yeah, that was, um, very interested to see how this all comes together obviously we saw what happened at the end when he slowly walked up (laughs) in the middle of the night and raised his gun and jesse with all his arrogance thinks that oh yeah he just uses genesis and he's gonna you know heal so now he's gonna find out that He's got a formidable opponent. And then I find it interesting that throughout this episode, and I feel like there's there was a point to it. There's a reason why it, Tulip kept emphasizing not to use Genesis and to rely on other things that you can't just depend on that to get what you want or to get out of situations and stuff like that. And then, of course, in the end, when he's up against the cowboy he realizes that genesis is not gonna get him out of whatever the situation is um so i just found that interesting that um you know tulip kept harping on that that um he needs to rely on or not slow solely rely on that on that um i want to call the gift uh, on that power um you know to do what he gotta do so he realized unfortunately obviously we know ain't nothing happened to him because uh it was only the premiere (laughs) so we got a ways to go here but um i found that interesting um what else cassidy that that man is just he's a goner for tulip um so um, I know that at some point um because they just keep talking about it that Jesse's gonna find out about the two of them um because Cassidy got him you know got himself a guilty conscience and Tulip is like hell no um so yeah that's gonna come up at some point at probably the most inopportune time I'm sure I wonder if we're gonna see the angels again um fear and the LeBlanc the Blanc I wonder if we're gonna see them again in this season um but yeah I mean it's it's you know the cowboy he's like a um he's a tragic figure because throughout season one whenever they showed him we got this we we you know we our heart went out to him you know he went he had this family he goes to town they're sick he goes to town to get this medicine and things start going wrong and then you know he called himself trying to be a hero and helping out this family and they turn out to be you know who they were uh he just and of course by the time he got home it was too late his family was dead and that's what he gets for helping people and blah 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 so you know you feel bad for him and his story and then in this season he's I, it's like uh, an anti-hero <laughs> i mean is he like the really a villain villain because 
I don't know. It's like that's the that would be the question of like I mean, yeah, I know he's in hell. So they found him in hell, but at the same time, it's, you know, there's a part of me that feels bad. So I don't know. Anyway, I think that's all I have um, for this one. Um, I I mean, this is a little bit long since I included season one finale and the premiere all in this this feedback. So yeah, I'm excited to see what season two brings. and how it all unfolds with the cowboy and Jesse and everything. So on that note, until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. Thank you, Shy, for your thoughts on the episode and the uh, previous finale. Yeah, I see your points regarding, and I think that's the the great thing about Sheriff Root is that you saw a man that was pushed somewhere. And he was already and he was already struggling with where the world was at, having lost, you know, his wife and this um, almost losing his son to even the accident. So I see all of your points. Uh, what you said about the Mandalorian or Mandarin? Um, yeah, I did see that crap. I try to remember that movie. It was awful, just awful. Uh, that's when I knew <laughs> I wanted to stop watching Marvel movies. Um, yeah, I forgot that you're you're a little not so on the the gore factor of everything. So people getting their face shot off would be a little much for you. <laughs> Understandable. You're also, um, you know, you have experience in the military. So I think I would think that yeah, I would be much more perceptive to watching shows or movies with that type of explicit content especially people getting their faces ripped off just a sensitivity thing i totally feel you there i don't always like watching those scenes either i know i i do (laughs) it's probably the best five minutes of invincible this (laughs) is <laughs> when uh well i don't want to spoil it in case you haven't watched it but um so yeah i can i can i, I definitely have the stomach for it but i am a hundred percent with everyone's got a line because even in the walking dead i was like okay that's just way too disgusting i'm not watching that but keep that idea of the actor playing someone in your just keep that in the back of your mind um Tulip did have a clue there. What did I mean by that? I don't know. Oh, no. I actually mistyped that. Tulip had an uncle (laughs) that lived in the town. So, yeah, them finding out about that. Yeah, uh, Jesse did have a connection to some of those people. So, yeah. I think Jesse has this mission, but... Cass and Tulip is just waiting for this to fizzle out. Like, yeah, we're going to go find God. Sure. Like, we're entertaining him because this is what he wants to do. We're trying to be supportive. But I'm pretty sure they're they're not expecting this to go. I mean, they've seen it enough to know, well, he's not batshit crazy. Clearly, there's something going on. But at the same time, I think their commitment is definitely in a different ballpark than Jesse's. And that's something that we will continue to explore. 
there is a method to how the saint of killers we can call him that now and not the cowboy that's what he was before in season one when they would refuse to name him but the saint of killer saint of killers whatever you want to call it uh he is tracking jesse so i will allow you to guess how he's tracking him and he was born keep in mind in an age without cars so walking 50 miles to somewhere is pretty much the like him getting a car he'd be like what the fuck is this <laughs> like he's not in the age of technology he's walking around with a fucking katana sword this is he just been ripped from hell from 1849 is the last uh realization of of humanity he's gotten <laughs> so yes it makes all of the sense that he would just be walking and not invested in any modern way of maybe going after his prey and you mentioned fior and deblanc i must say deblanc is dead he's gone he got shot by the santa killers now i will hold off on mentioning much more because the show will explain because there's a lot of special things about the saint of killers and i wouldn't describe him as a villain however he did murder those children that did nothing wrong to no one <laughs> and he chopped all of their heads off with a sword so while i wouldn't say he's an anti-hero he definitely condemned his soul before he left the the mortal plane of earth um but right now he's just a tool he's tool to find something and to accomplish his goal he is going to be allowed to rejoin his family so he has an incentive that is more empathetic than say jesse being like well i want to find god and i want to make him accountable so that is where i will leave it if you want to send feedback for the next episode blackoutcouch at gmail.com you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe if you have time run over to itunes read the pie rate rate the podcast yes rate the podcast leave a review until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic <laughs>